And every time I went, my manager would say to me, make sure you network. Now that was her one stipulation. Yeah, sure, I'd say. And then I'd go to a conference, watch the bits I wanted to see. Then when it was time to go and do the networking, we were all ushered through to a different room and I would find myself a corner and stand in it, just waiting for it all to end. I found the whole thing really uncomfortable. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting, and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm Clive Maloney. It's great to be hanging out with you again today. We're going to be talking about networking. You know the kind of thing. You go to a meeting or a networking event and you meet people and talk about your businesses. So it's not the kind of networking associated with computers. I just wanted to get that straight. Okay, so hopefully you're still with me. Now, I had an interesting conversation at a networking event myself a while ago. And that's what got me thinking about today's topic. It's true to say that I do a fair bit of networking. I'm the area leader for a networking organisation called For Networking, and I go to a lot of events across the year. I have cut it back a bit lately because my business is growing and I'm having to focus on other ways to generate leads and sales. Nevertheless, I still enjoy going and it's brought me a sizable amount of work as a result. I must admit, when I first started out networking, it didn't go too well. It took more than a year for me to get my first client. The trouble was I wasn't very good at it, but I did see the potential. I also wasn't that bothered about not getting leads or sales straight away. The reason I went networking is because I'd come from corporate circles and I wanted to meet some people. I didn't know anybody. When I started my business, I realised I needed to find some other people, otherwise I was going to be very isolated. I know some people take to networking like a duck on water, but for me that wasn't the case. Back before I started my business, I used to go to a lot of conferences. And every time I went, my manager would say to me, make sure you network. And that was her one stipulation. Yeah, sure, I'd say. And then I'd go to a conference, watch the bits I wanted to see. Then when it was time to go and do the networking, we were all ushered through to a different room and I would find myself a corner and stand in it, just waiting for it all to end. I found the whole thing really uncomfortable. Now that might surprise you, particularly as I said before that I'm an area leader for one of the largest networking organisations in the country and I spend a lot of time speaking at events and delivering training, all these kind of things, but I actually have a lot of introverted qualities. For networking, there's a bit of a meeting where everybody gets to have three one-to-one meetings with the people that they've chosen. So it's like little speed dating sessions. A couple of months ago, I was at a networking meeting that I run in Rayleigh in Essex, and I had a one-to-one with a really, really lovely woman. I'd just been standing up giving a talk to the group, and then it came time for the one-to-ones. So I sat down with this woman, and she thanked me for the talk. We got chatting, and she said something to me that I thought was really odd. She said something about me being an extrovert. I've heard this a number of times now, and every time I do, I really don't get it. I've never thought of myself that way. I actually find myself a little shy. I didn't say anything at the time, but it really got me thinking. 
Even though I go to a lot of these events and I do a lot of public speaking, I need a lot of downtime when I come home. Even in my personal life, I much prefer to be in very small get-togethers, like maybe one or two people at a time, and I much prefer that kind of thing to going to big parties and big events. So as much as I make the most of these opportunities, I actually like my quiet time. And as we talked, I discovered that this person didn't really see herself as an extrovert. She comes from a profession that you might think would attract hugely confident people. But she just didn't want to come across pushy. She wanted to meet some people and maybe, if the time was right, do some business together. And I hear this kind of thing all the time. She was not all about the sale. She just wanted to meet people and hopefully if there were the right people for her, then there would be an opportunity. As part of my role as a business coach and a trainer, I study a lot of successful people. What a lot of people talk about is going all out if you want to create a successful business. And you might think that networking is the same way too, that you have to be this loud party animal that's getting around the room and working their contacts, being the life of the party. But it's really not like that. I find the most unlikely people tell me that they're introverts or that they wish they had more downtime. It turns out even the media, celebrities, pop stars, all sorts of people, many of them describe themselves as introverts. I think what happens is that so many introverts learn from an early age to act more extroverted than they really are. And that certainly seems to be the case for me. I simply learn to put it on like a hat, like stepping into a role. Maybe you're old enough to remember the children's programme, Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben would go into a shop and then he would go through this transformation and come out a completely different person. Someone living a different life. He'd have his adventure and then he'd return to his usual self. It kind of feels like that for me, is that you're stepping into a role. But if you really are a dyed-in-the-wool introvert, like so many people are, what tends to happen is that you go around thinking, that you're the only one who has these needs. This feeling that you want to get away sometimes and you can find it all a bit uncomfortable. And what we tend to think is that there's something wrong with us for having these feelings. And you don't realise that half the population feels exactly the same way. Studies say that it's somewhere between a third to a half of the population that's introverted, probably a half. So that's half the population who are feeling disconnected because of this trait that's within them, that goes to the very core of who they are. And so what I wanted to do today was to share some thoughts about that. So as you're listening to this right now, have a think for a moment. Is this you? Do you sometimes feel out of sorts? Do you worry when you go to a networking event what you're going to say? And when the time comes for you to do your elevator pitch or stand up and talk, how do you handle that? If the studies are right, then there's a 50% chance that you'd probably describe yourself as an introvert. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, this isn't me, I don't have these kind of issues, well, you probably still want to pay attention anyway, because those introverts have something on you. There's something you can learn from them. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, there's eight tips that I want to share with you today. And the first tip I want to share is meet people where they are and take them to where they want to go. There's an analogy often associated with networking, and that's between hunters and farmers. Hunters are the people who go to a networking event and they're on the hunt. They're looking for work. They're looking for business. They're so intent in serving their own interests that they don't really take the time to find out about anybody else. So you'll see them coming into a networking event and they'll be thrusting their business cards into people's hands, 
telling them everything they do, how great they are, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. That's the kind of attitude you get from them. And you know what? If you're a hunter, sometimes you'll get work. Sometimes you'll meet someone who's just in that right place where they're ready to buy something. And if you're lucky, you'll be in the room at the same time as them and it'll be easy. What I love about hunters is that they are incredibly courageous. They're not afraid to tell people what they do and what they stand for. Maybe that's the introvert in me coming out there. And then you have the farmers. Farmers know that you can't reap your harvest until you've sown your seed and you've nurtured it. You've fed and watered your seeds until they eventually ripen. So for them, they know it's a marathon and not a sprint. They're looking simply to build connections and they develop and nurture those relationships over time until one day somebody's at that place where they're ready to make a purchase. Because for the most part, people don't buy on your timescales. They buy on their timescales. And people buy when they've got sufficient credibility and trust in you. And that's one of the things that benefit farmers, because over time, they can build credibility and trust and likability with their audience. What you'll find is that the hunters don't tend to hang around at networking events long. They go to one or two meetings, they exhaust the room, and then they never turn up again. Now, they might get the odd piece of work, but in the long run, the hunters will profit far less than the farmers. Networking is all about relationships. It's all about meet, like, no trust. The more we develop relationships with people, the more conversations we have with them, and the more interest we show people, the deeper our relationships, and the more chance we've got to build sufficient credibility and trust in order for people to buy from us. And when I say buy from us, it could well be to buy directly from us, or it could be simply to buy into us so that they allow us to access their networks. And that's what networking is all about. It's not just selling to the people in the room. It's also connecting with people and sharing each other's networks. Hunters don't get that. They're all about the sale in the room. Farmers realize that, yes, they might be able to sell to people in the room, but also they can access those people's networks. The hunters are all about them. And that's where it goes wrong. If you want to be successful at networking, you need to find out what the person you're communicating with really cares about. Once you know what they care about and what's important to them, that's your point of entry. That's where you go from. This works in so many walks of life, from getting a new client, getting engagement and interaction from a particular blog, or pitching for a panel. Let me give you an example here. A couple of weeks ago, I had a call from a guy called Nick. And Nick was somebody that I met at the BNI, which is another networking organisation. So I met him at one of the BNI meetings a few years ago. So he phoned me up and he said, oh, hi, is that Clive from Get Real with in business? And I said, oh, um, yeah, it's Clive here. Who's that? He says, it's Nick. Do you remember me? I'm from BNI. We met there a few years ago. So we had a brief catch up. And then he said, look, I've got this thing and I want to invite you to it. I've got this amazing event on and I know that you're going to want to come to it. So we exchanged a few words and then he launched into this pitch. And he said, what are you doing on Friday? I've got this amazing event and you're going to want to come. It's absolutely brilliant. What are you doing Friday? I said, well, actually, I don't know. I've, I've literally just pulled up in the car here. I need to check my diary. What, what's it about? And then over the next five minutes or so, what it felt like was a cat and mouse game. He didn't want to tell me what the event was about. He just kept saying that he knew that I was a smart guy and that I was looking for great opportunities and that this would be right up my street. He would not tell me what the event was about. 
So it was clear to me that it was going to be some kind of pitch around his business. He was probably involved in a multi-level marketing company or something. Now, Nick seemed a really nice guy, but there was no way that I was going to commit time to something I didn't know what it was about. And the thing that got me, the thing that irritated me most of all, was that he kept telling me how much I wanted to go and see this. How could he know that I wanted to see this? How could he know that I cared about this kind of thing? He couldn't even remember my business name. He couldn't even be bothered to go and look me up online. I'm not that hard to find. So how could he know what I care about when he doesn't know anything about me? But maybe if he'd handled the conversation differently and he'd spoken to me about what I was interested in, he found that out first, then maybe he could have tailored what he talked about in a way that I might actually be interested in. He made two mistakes. One, not telling me what it was about because he didn't want to give it away. And secondly, not taking the time to find out what I really cared about. So when you're meeting people, or making a telephone call like this was here, but when you're meeting people at a networking event, then what you have to do is you have to start with them, find out what they care about, and then you go from there. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. We need to listen more than we talk. And this is how conversations go normally anyway. If you meet someone, what you do is you find something in common with them, don't you? You have a conversation, you find something in common, and then you talk about that. And that's what we can do here. Find out what we've got in common, find out what they care about, and then once we start talking about that, we can kind of bring our services around in order to match that need or that desire or that want. So can you see how that works? You have to meet people where they are and take them to where they want to go. Let's move on to the second tip. Make even the most complicated topic as simple as possible. And we all have our industry language, and you've probably been told before that you need to drop the jargon. But so many people, even though they know this, don't actually do it. We get stuck in our industry language and the way that we're used to talking about things. Sometimes we do it because we want to show people that we're clever and we know what we're talking about. A couple of weeks ago, I met a really nice guy in Chelmsford. He was a caricature artist and highly, highly academic. So we sat down at that time of the meeting where we all get together for our one-to-ones and he launched into this tirade about some topic that even today I can't tell you what it's about. I had to stop him a few minutes into the conversation and said, hang on a minute, there's five things you just said to me that I don't understand. So we stopped and then started again. And I still didn't understand anything that he said, or very little. Now, there was a time, if I was in a situation like that, I'd probably feel a bit stupid myself. But I've gained a bit more confidence. But what it did do is made me switch off. I was just waiting for the minutes to go until the conversation would end and I could get away from this guy. It's a shame because he seemed a nice guy. I just couldn't understand what he was going on about. I think he was trying to impress me. But what perhaps he didn't realise is that dumbing things down is the smart thing to do. So we need to drop all that. And while we're talking about language, one of the things with introverts is that they tend to have very imprecise language. And this is a confidence issue. So when they're talking about what they do, they kind of talk around it and there's a lot of fluff in there. It's a sign that they haven't claimed their full value in what they do or who they are. So one thing you can do is find a way to say what you do simply. It needs to be so simple that even a 12-year-old would understand. Einstein once said, if you can't explain it to a 12-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. Whether that's true or not, 
explaining something in a way in which a 12-year-old would understand, well, that is a smart thing to do. Okay, so that moves us nicely on to tip number three. Get rid of the extra details. While introverts use a lot of imprecise language, they also use a lot of fluff. If somebody asks you how you got into business, don't start at your childhood. Only include the details that strategically move you forward. So when you start doing this, you probably want to start off doing this very mindfully. And as you have your conversation, think, is this strategically moving this forward to where we need to go? Or is this just a load of fluff and is the conversation not getting anywhere here? So do it mindfully at first, and then over time you'll realise that you start to develop a bit of an internal sensor, where straight away you realise, hey mate, this conversation's going nowhere, I need to move it forward. Then when you get near the end, you need to find a way to bring it to a close and put a button on it, and kind of tie it up all nicely. Don't end in some random detail. So you want to think about how you want to position yourself if you want to keep this tight, if you want to keep this focused. And there are certain things at networking event that you can pretty much guarantee at some point you're going to get asked. And one of them is how you got into business, why you do what you do. It'll probably be phrased in a number of different ways, but it's likely that somebody's going to ask you your story. Think about what parts of the story you need to convey. And then what you need to do is you deliver that in a very focused way, in a purposeful way, to deliver a message and then tie it all up at the end. Now, if this is a little confusing, let me give you an example. When I share my story now, I always share it with a purpose. Now, I won't share my full story here because it's not about me right now. This is about you. When I started my business, I found it really tough. It was originally focused on coaching and training for corporates. And because I really struggled in my business, I ended up in a very bad place financially. It wasn't because I wasn't necessarily any good at what I did. It was because I didn't know how to convey my value. I hadn't claimed it myself. And so what I did is I went out and I worked with a top coach in America who absolutely changed it for me. Now, over the years, I've got to refine this story and tell it better and better. And then when I'm near the end of the story, what I do is I bring it back to the purpose I wanted to share that. And that's usually to share a very important learning point that I went through and something that I feel will be meaningful for the person I'm communicating with. Now, often the learning point I share was that I always thought it was about the money and that's why I didn't go and get help sooner. But actually, it was never about the money. It was always about the time. You think it's about the money. It sure seems like it's about the money. But if I'd got the help sooner, my situation would have changed sooner. It was only through working with Michelle Shubnell on the Coach and Grow Rich program that things started to change. They didn't change immediately, but they changed. It was a very definite change. And so the point I often bring people back to was this profound learning that I'd had around finding the support, the people and the help in order to change your situation. And that quite often getting help is the smart thing to do. So this was a meaningful lesson to me and hopefully it's an important message to somebody else who might be thinking, do I need help for my business? Not necessarily because it's failing, maybe it is, or maybe I'm just extraordinarily successful, so successful that all my time is booked up and I can't find a way to make more money. I'm a victim of my success. So by sharing my story that way, I deliver an important message that will hopefully position me as somebody that might be of value to that person. And over the years, I've cut out all the extra fluff that was in my story originally. And now that story is really quite tight and often very powerful. People really connect with it. 
Okay, so that was tip number three. Get rid of the extra details. Let's move on to tip number four, which is test drive your message. Now, usually if you go to a networking event, there's a time in which you've got, say, 40 or 60 seconds to stand up and deliver your elevator pitch. The concept there being it's a way in which to describe what you do in about the time it takes to share a lift with someone. When it comes to elevator pitches, people go wrong in so many different places. The main one for a lot of people is simply not preparing. The amount of times I see people stand up and say, oh, I don't really know what to say, or admitting quite openly they haven't prepared for this. Do you know what? Nobody cares if you didn't prepare. They just want to know what you do. But another mistake with their message and their elevator pitch is that they include the kitchen sink with it. So again, they've got a lot of extra detail and they try and explain so much or they do it in such a way that just people do not understand. I've seen some brilliant elevator pitches and some horrendous ones. And by horrendous, I'm not talking about people who simply get nervous. We all get that. And, and people's heart goes out to you when you're standing up there and it's clear that you're nervous. I'm talking about when people stand up and nobody has any clue what they're saying. So what you need to do is test drive your message with people outside your expertise and people who are not your friends and family. You need to check that they actually understand it. And you'll realise when they understand it and whether they're interested. So go ahead, prepare and refine that message. Make sure you get it right. But just remember that messaging is not what you learn and then you're done. You continue to work on your message. You continue to get it better and better. And that's what great communicators do all the time. They always want to be better. And part of that is because how we want to be perceived changes. So is your message still current? It's likely that in six months' time, your message may need to be different because you're in a different place. And what you care about and what matters to you is different. And equally, your audience may be different then as well. So you need to work on your message, test drive it with other people and keep practicing. And there's some really good news here. Normally, if you meet someone who wants to find out about your business, say they give you a call on the telephone and they want to find out about what you do and your business, perhaps they're kind of interested. You've normally got just one chance to impress them, one chance to convey what you do in a way that's meaningful to them. If you get it wrong, they'll probably never see you again. One of the great things about networking is that every week or every meeting, it's a new chance to test drive your message. And if you keep test driving it, boy, will that message get good. Tip number five, start small. Many introverts choose something they're passionate about, but also requires them to be out in places that are beyond their comfort zone. So networking events are like this. They're wildly passionate about what they do, but getting to networking events is a bit scary. And they have to take on a different persona or act a little differently to how they would normally do. So they have to get out there. They have to push themselves out there. And so here's the thing. What you need to do is act out of character, but do it mindfully. It's okay to step into that role. It's not that you're being inauthentic. It's just that you're having to adapt to suit your audience and to suit the purpose. And then what you do is you come back to a restorative place. So you come back home or wherever, and then you come back to this restorative place where you can be yourself and return to who you are. And this has to come from a place of feeling entitled to be that way. A lot of people find this thing emotionally taxing. So what's a really good thing to do is to make a quota. Decide how many meetings a week or a month you're going to go to. So let's say that you're going to go to two meetings a week. 
And then you make sure that you go to those two meetings because you realize that your clients are not sitting at home with you and you've got to go out and meet them. And this is the way in which you've chosen to market your business. So you must do that quota. But when you get to the end of that quota, do you know what? You can relax. You've done it. You don't have to feel guilty that you're not getting out there. You made a practical decision about how you manage that and then you go with it. So make a quota and then when you fulfilled it, relax. Another way that you can start small, which is actually my tip number six, is to utilize the power of one. There is always at least one person that you'll connect with in the room. Just do that. Feel free to ignore all those extroverts and going around, working in the room, talking to everybody. You don't have to do that. You simply have to connect with at least one person. So when you get there, look around, see who looks friendly, and go and hang with them. You can stay with them the whole event if you like. Extroverts are really good at working in the room and creating lots of different relationships, but those relationships tend to be quite shallow. And it would be, wouldn't it, because they're flitting around. When you're an introvert, your star quality is that you develop deep relationships. So I have lots of people that I know and I like and I get along with, but the people who I would consider my true friends, well, that's quite a small circle. And those people I've got a very deep relationship with. Deep relationships build huge trust. So just hanging around with one or two people can actually be the smart thing to do because you really get to know them and you get to know them well. So when you arrive at a networking event and you purposefully utilize the power of one, it takes the pressure off you thinking that you're a bad networker because you realize you're just focusing on developing one or two deep relationships. Tip number seven, leverage the power of relationships. So we talked about the power of one. This is the power of relationships. Introverts and extroverts are actually attracted to each other. If you look at most couples or most business partners, you'll find that one is more outgoing than the other. So just like finding a life partner, it's good to find someone in business that you can go and hang out with that is your temperamental complement. They do the things that you can't. There's a wonderful quote from Gandhi. He says, in a gentle way, you can shake the world. Now, Gandhi really lived that way. He was incredibly shy and very quiet and introverted. So much so that when he was at school and the bell rang at the end of the day, he would run out of the classroom and run home all the way because he didn't want to stop and speak to the other kids. He was uncomfortable with socialising with his classmates. And he remained shy the whole of his life. But think about all the amazing things that he achieved. And in his autobiography, he actually said that his shyness was one of his greatest assets and source of strength. So if you're going to go networking, find someone to go with as your temperamental complement. And the last tip I want to share with you today is don't be in a rush. We come round full circle, really, to this thing about hunters and farmers. You want to be a farmer. You want to sow the seed and nurture the seed and water the seed until it's time to harvest. Networking is just about relationships. And how do relationships develop normally? You wouldn't just rush up to someone on the street that you'd never met before and say, will you marry me? As good looking as you are, they'd probably think you're a bit weird, wouldn't they? What you do is you have conversations with the people that you want to have conversations with, not just any random person. You find someone that you think would be a good match, who looks kind of friendly, who looks nice. You speak to that person, you have conversations, and then you have more conversations, and you find stuff out, and you ask questions, 
And maybe when the time's right, you'll invite them to do something, like go and have a cup of coffee with you. And maybe when the time is right, you might even invite them to come and have a consultation with you. That's how relationships are formed. You start by getting to know one another. You find out if you've got things in common. Maybe you'll go on a date. And then who knows where it will lead to in the future. Just be with one or two or a few people, just a small group of people, and be fully present with them. Take the pressure off yourself. Stefan Thomas, author of Business Networking of Dummies, once said to me, how many times can we really come back and do it all over again? You get to do that every time you go to a networking event. You get to go back and see people and try again. So if there's a single message to all of this today, it's that if you're an introvert, what you need to do is embrace those introvert qualities. Like Gandhi said, your shyness can actually be one of your greatest strengths. And if you're an extrovert, maybe you need to take a lesson from the introverts. Knowing and getting along with lots of different people really, really helps. Breadth of relationships is important, but also so is depth. So make sure that when you are networking and when you are connecting with people, that you're fully present and that the person you're communicating feels that you're there just for them. Now, if you've been following along with these podcasts, you'll know by now that I always love to give you a free gift. And this is usually in some form of cheat sheet or free download. And today I've got something that I think you'll really like. I've been networking for my business for about five years now. And while the whole thing has got a lot easier, I still remember how terrifying it was to be sent on different networking events and just hoping the whole thing would end soon and that nobody would notice you. In fact, when I was at BNI, which stands for Business Networking International, there was somebody who was invited to come along. They came to the event and they sat in their car for the whole of the meeting because they couldn't get out of the car. They were so terrified. They ended up turning around and went home. They felt physically sick. One of the things I worried most of all was what I would say. And so what I've done is I've prepared a cheat sheet for you on conversation starters. So I've put together a bunch of things that you can say to get the conversation going. And also what you find on there is my top tip on what to do when you don't know what to say, where the conversation runs dry. So I think you'll really love that. I think you'll find it helpful. If you want to get that, you need to go to my show notes, which you'll find at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash five. So that's getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash five. Click on the link there and you can download all those conversation starters. In my next episode, we'll be talking about Facebook and how you can get more Facebook fans. So maybe you've got a Facebook page already and you're looking for fans, or you're thinking about setting up a Facebook page, this episode is for you. In the meantime, if you've liked this episode, then do me a favour and leave a review. Also feel free to leave a comment or ask a question. Just go to the show notes page on getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash four, and then you can get involved that way. You'll find links to all the things that I talked about today on that show notes page, together with that free cheat sheet that you can download for conversation starters. That's it from me today. I'm out. Good luck with your networking. And let me know how you get on. I've been Clive Maloney. I'll see you on the next episode.